Hey sinners, Sean here, just to let you know that Shannon and I turned out to be a bunch of filthy, horrible liars. We had said at the end of our last uh, episode that we were going to do Return of the Living Dead, and we have done Return of the Living Dead, and we'll certainly post that at a later date, so you can stop staring at me, and you can curb the attitude, because I don't like it one bit. Instead, we're going to do... Uh, 2022's Barbarian, something a little bit newer because our last three episodes have been somewhat dated as far as the movie selection. So we'll get into something a little bit, uh, a little bit more recent. So by all means, sit back in your seven foot tall mother's arms, and as she puts the dirtiest fingernail in creation into your mouth and looks down at you, saying, "Bye, bye, bye, bye." Enjoy yourself and just go with it because the alternative is uh, having your inside head turned into an outside head and nobody wants that. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. This is 476 Barbary, right? Yeah, I'm renting this place. No, I booked it a month ago. Are you sure you have the right place? Yeah. Who am I supposed to do? Why don't you come inside, and we'll call these idiots. Why don't you just crash here? Oh, no. I don't know if you got a great look at this neighborhood, but I don't think you should be out there by yourself. It's dry, and there's a lock on the door. By the way, I'm Keith. Tess. You take the bedroom, and I'll sleep out here on the couch. Hey, sinners, I'm Shannon. And I'm Sean. <laughs> and this is Sinful Cuts. <laughs> All right, so I hope everyone's having a great week. Um, we have a lot of exciting things. Uh, we have Monster Mania coming up. Oh the God, convention, so the Lost Boys are going to be there. Well, the majority of them. Um, and there's a whole 
shitload of people that I can't remember right at the moment, but there was a lot of um, exciting guests I know that are going to be there. Wait, that's August 4th through the 6th, right? August 4th through the 6th in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. It's actually at a new place I've never been to before. It's normally at the Crown Plaza, and now it's at the Doubletree Hotel. Um, which I'm actually going to be staying there, so I'm really, really excited Shit, about it's gonna it. Yeah, going to be on scene. Yeah, no more bathroom line. I can just go upstairs. <laughs> so I'm really, really, really excited about that. It's always a good time. It's always a good vibe. You just can walk up to people and, you know, let me take a picture with you in your cool costume, and everyone is so, so happy to do so. Um, last year, me and my husband, we dressed up as Squid Games. Like, I was a, oh, I I was a contestant. He was one of the guards. Oh, I love it. I can't tell you how... Which, I mean, take it as you were, because I'm like... I, we grew up watching horror movies. I was a little kid, you know, going... You know, getting into, like, the slasher flicks and, you know, moving on from there. But I can't tell you <laughs> how many little kids <laughs> really little like up to my knee <laughs> little kids wanted to take a picture obviously their parents really asked us like do you yeah. can, can they take a picture with you and i'm thinking i'm gonna like see a teenager or something no i mean this is like a hyper violent show <laughs> a very violent show but they but everyone was so cute you know and then their little costumes uh you know so it you know and they we were just we were more than happy obviously to take the pictures we're like yeah sure you know and then i think me and my husband and turn it they let their kids watch that show. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm just thinking about it now. I mean, I would, had I been that young and I saw someone dressed up like Michael Myers or Freddy or uh, yeah. Jason, I, I totally would be like, I absolutely did the same thing. All right. Absolutely. So, well done, little freaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you'll grow up and make your own podcast. <laughs> Growing the base. Nice. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, Shannon's going with uh, with her husband Matt for you're doing three days, right? The uh, uh, for, well, technically three days. We'll be there for the for the two days. Uh, All right, cool. coming back home on the third day. But yes, and I'm going to join these guys on Sunday. I'm going to crash their party just like I'm doing today. By the way, we're all going to see the three of us are going to go see Talk to Me. So so excited, so excited about this. Very excited. About but that. I am now uh, between. Uh, Crashing their party for the movie today and crashing their party at Monster <laughs> next week. Uh, yeah, I'm a real third wheel around this place, I suppose. <laughs> it is perfectly fine. The more the, the more the merrier. I'm like, what are we doing next, guys? But yeah. anyway, so we got a lot of a lot of really cool and uh, exciting things coming up, mm-hmm. um, which leads us into. When we're, you know, next week in Cherry Hill, we're definitely going to be taking a ton of pictures, and when we get the website up, those will be posted on the website, um, and look for us on Instagram. Yeah, uh, for now, everything will be posted on our Instagram account. Um, it's 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 too much to go and ha- create a whole bunch of other, you know, accounts for now, but slowly but surely, we're, get- yeah. we're getting there. But you know where to find us now. Look for us on Instagram, and then after next weekend, there'll definitely be a lot of uh, a lot of pictures going up there, uh, just about uh, you know the weekend and, and the convention. And Matt is a master photographer, so the pictures are going to be awesome. Absolutely. All right. So you know what? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna change things up. Uh, Shannon and I were talking about it. We'd like to start the show of you know for going forward with new content, what we're watching, reading, you know, games we're playing, whether it's board games or, or video games or whatnot, comics that we're interested in, just a lot of new content that's out there right now that we think you guys might be interested in. So, Shannon, let's start with you. 
So, well, this is one book that I can't stop talking about. And ironically, I actually found it very disturbing. I did write a little review uh, about it on my personal Instagram at Shannon Von Bushman, if you kind of want to check it out. But I cannot get over that book by Nick Cutter, The Truth. I can't get over it. It was so disturbing. It was so well written. And it it was kind of like a mixture of somewhat of like Cabin in the Woods mixed with The Thing mixed with um, maybe Outbreak Yeah, is really the best way I can describe it. I will give trigger warning. The animal kills. There's only a few, but they got to me, man. They really got to me. And also, too, because it's about a disease. I'm not going to really go further into it than that. Um, It's about a disease that goes across uh, an island where there is a retreat, a small retreat of uh, young boys. I think they're supposed to be only like 14 or 15 years old. Yeah. And uh, they're Boy Scouts, and, and it's like a yearly you know, retreat. They, they go on this island, they do their Boy Scout stuff for a weekend, and then go home. And it's, um, you can only, obviously it's an island, so you can only get there via boat from their uh, from their town. And this disease, you know, makes its way to the island and basically wreaks havoc from there. But you find out in detail, like, what happens with the body. And it, th- there are times where I'm listening and I'm going, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm literally feeling like, the, you know, like a, like a throb about to happen. But it, it um, which may not sound enticing. I feel like I'm not making. It, I feel like I'm not making. I'm feeling like I'm making it sound worse. There's probably people like, oh, that's disgusting, Shannon. I don't want to read that. I think, but, I, think <laughs> I, I think we have the right audience. <laughs> but if you, um, it really, but the way it was written, it really, really created the ambiance and the fa- the fact that I felt something. I, I guess I, I was impressed by it. It's really well. Yeah, written. I mean, I'm excited to read more books from from Nick Cutter. Honestly, I hear it. He obviously writes really well. At least this one book was. So yeah, I'm excited to see what else he has. I tell you what, I'm big, big, big fan of Nick Cutter. Um, so again, guys, Nick Cutter, uh, the Troop. Um, I'd read it a couple of years ago. Really, really great. So Nick Cutter is the pseudonym of uh, Craig Davidson, or maybe vice versa. But I, I'm pretty sure that Nick Cutter is the pseudonym. So Craig Davidson had done, um, uh, he wrote a book called The Saturday Night uh, Ghost Club. Do I have that right? Saturday Night Ghost Club. Really, really good. Uh, as Nick Cutter, he's also written Little Heaven, which is, you know what? The less said about it, the better. Read <laughs> Little Heaven. Yeah, I'm I just mean, gonna, I'm just gonna have to remember him as an author to follow because I have a few of them, um, and you know, so I, I lo- I'll try to look out for their next book. So he's probably gonna be an author now, added to my yeah. list as opposed to like just a, a book title. I have. I think I'll, I think I'll go back and read plenty more of his books. I'm sure. I've so I read Little Heaven, which is just an abs. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's just an insane book. Really, really entertaining. Super thing vibes in Little Heaven. But the less said, the better. I don't want to spoil anything. And then he wrote a, a, a novel called The Deep, which I really want to read. But oh, I I've haven't. heard of that one. Yeah, that's on yeah my, I've heard of that one. That's on my TBR. So, piggybacking off of what we're reading right now. So, Shannon just uh, read The Deep. I'm reading uh, Victor Laval's Lone Women, which is incredible. I can't get through this book fast enough. Wow. So, Victor Laval is one of my favorite authors. Um, uh... He's got. Um, he's he wrote the book The Changeling, uh, which is actually dropping with Lakeith Stanfield on. Um, they they're doing a, a miniseries of that book. 
um, which I believe comes out on Apple Plus the end of August. Any relation to the film that's already out, or is that no. just happens oh to be God, something else? That film, seventies film. Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. that uh, George C. Scott. Yeah, 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 yeah. Completely different movie. Okay. That one's a friggin' banger. I'm curious. But this one, um, this is more in line with uh, um, your uh, babies are stolen. By like you know, hey, piggybacking off of Leprechaun last week. Actually, we yes, you know, <laughs> and and replaced. You know, your your baby is now like a, a changeling. You know, stolen by a fairy. I think was the folklore. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this book is just, especially you know, just the beats it hits about parenthood and loss and grief. It's really, really good. And Victor Laval is just an incredible writer. So, back to what he's uh, got me hooked on now. Lone Women is about homesteading, turn of the century. Um, uh, African-American woman sets out and, you know, uh, braving the elements and, you know, basically has this, this cabin that she's homesteading on. You know, she's just going to live off the land and, and, you know, eat what she grows and and just live out the rest of her life that way but she's got one deep dark secret which is that she brings with her a gigantic steamer trunk and there's something in that steamer trunk <laughs> and let me tell you i wonder what it could be you find out what's yeah. in that steamer trunk and shit goes haywire wow but even but but even and i'm not spoiling anything because that's like the first half of the book but it's where the book goes after you really find out what's in the trunk and what the relationship is uh to the protagonist where he really hits a stride and it's just oh my god it's so good so uh so you got two great book recos right there you've got the troop and you've got lone woman and um with that said i think what i'll do is just give everybody a little heads up on what's currently on the streamers so if you're looking for a fix right now you've got on netflix the witcher i don't know if you're into fantasy i loved it um, so i haven't started the second half just yet though but the first half i'm caught up it's really good yeah i, lo I love that show it's henry cavill just steals the show i think it's i think it's a well-written story I, I don't know i enjoy it and there's so much horror in it i mean i know it's fantasy but they when they hit the horror notes oh boy yeah it's I, think, I, I like it a lot so you've got that, and then you've got the extension of the Bird Box, uh, you know, world. You've got Bird Box Barcelona, which, um, fun fact, it stars uh, Georgina Chapman, who is the star of the movie we're going to be discussing today, Barbarian. Uh, so that's Netflix, and then over on Shudder, Shudder never disappoints. There's an incredible uh, uh, documentary called Shark Exploitation out right right now. Right, right now. <laughs> Am I getting possessed? <laughs> so, <laughs> please watch that. If we're into aquatic horror, which is my bag, like I can't even tell you, I'm counting down the seconds until Meg Two comes out. <laughs> I know, I know what words just came out of my mouth. I'm aware, yeah, yeah. but I cannot wait for this. But movie. it might be a good time. You never know. It's just good popcorn movie. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm just a sucker for giant sharks. So check out Shark Exploitation. Really interesting. Goes through, you know, the the gamut of shark movies and ripoffs ever uh, since Jaws. You know, really good movies and then really, really bad movies. Um, then you've got uh, uh, Return of the Living Dead. You can never go wrong with that. You've got The Burning, Burnt Offerings, 
Burnt Offerings, by the way, gang. Um, Oliver Reed, a haunted house movie with uh, with Karen Black from the mid late seventies. If you haven't seen Burnt Offerings, trust me. First, read the book by Robert Morasco, and then check out the movie. You're not wasting your time with either one. Really good stuff. And then just to round out Shudder, you got Devil's Candy, The Howling, American Werewolf in London, and then a little, a, a little movie called Influencer that came out like maybe about a month, month and a half ago. Mm. It's worth your time. You know, really, really great locations. Like, interesting script. Really, really interesting script about an influencer who is on vacation um, uh, in uh, the Asia Pacific. And, um, you know, just she encounters maybe the wrong person at the wrong time, and I'll just leave it there and, and, and just check it out. But it's really clever, and it's well done, and it's shot really, really well. Very small. You know, it's a, it's a low-budget film, but they really put every single dollar on screen. So uh, just switching gears, let's go to Screenbox, which is kind of becoming my new favorite streamer is it yeah they have a i haven't given it a go it's it's a lot of um it's a lot of really wacky 70s there's a lot of giallo on there there's a lot of uh lesser known movies from like the 90s and the 80s and 70s um a lot of them are really really bad but there's a lot of content on there so but but what's happening recently I don't know who they have who's curating okay. their, their picks, but they're getting better. <laughs> they're like slowly but surely getting better. And, and no knock at the stuff that they had on there previously, but it was a lot of the same stuff. It was just a lot of low-budget stuff that I think that they could get their hands on pretty easily, Okay, you know, licensing-wise. So, but now you've got um, The Collector has popped up there. Wish Upon, which is a Joey King movie from a couple of years ago, which I, I don't remember a lot said about it other than it was good and then it was gone but if you get a chance to watch it it's worth your time really clever script it's about like um uh like a wish box and then of course she makes wishes and the consequences of those wishes um but it's good it's good um and then there's there's a movie on there there's rabid which is cronenberg and then you have a movie on there called the evil which i just remember watching as a kid and it's about like these people go to um, there, there's, I think they're setting up like a rehab, like a drug facility in an old abandoned mansion that's haunted and, um, just some crazy shit happens and I <laughs> enjoyed every second of it. And like the reason why Screenbox, I think kind of resonated the past year was because they had the exclusives to Terrifier and then Terrifier 2 and they're producing their own stuff now. So they come out with, with, um, some interesting, sometimes interesting movies, but Terrifier 1 and 2 were like the draw to get oh. people to, to start. I'm not a big fan of those movies. I'm not going to lie. No. You know, we'll probably talk about them like more in depth. Um, but yeah, I have, yeah. Yeah, that's... But if you like them, have a, at it. A quick nutshell uh, yeah. opinion on that. <laughs> and then to round it out, the last thing we got, we got Hulu. You've got a very cute movie called Werewolves Within, uh, which uh, it's just like horror comedy. It's a quick, easy watch. But it's funny, and like I said, it, it cute movie. Uh, Infinity Pool, which uh, is... I just saw that. Okay. I just saw that. Now, did you see Brandon Cronenberg directed um, Infinity Pool? And I was a huge fan of his movie Possessor. Okay. Did, did I never saw the... that. Oh, if you watch it, though, you have to watch the uncut version. <laughs> oh, okay. Not that the cut version is less than, but you really got it. I mean, it's Cronenberg, so you're like, just give me everything. Just, uh, yeah, I might as well just see all of it. Yeah, I'll have a silk wood shower afterwards. 
Then you've got uh, Neil Neil Marshall's The Descent is on Hulu. Okay, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, Descent. Oh the God, Descent is good. Um, <laughs> the Hole in the Ground, which is a nice uh, small budget Irish horror movie, and then rounded out with uh, uh, this year's Evil Dead Rise. Which did you see that? Yes, I did. And did you like it? <laughs> it. All right, we got <laughs> sinners. This is weak. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Then I have to ask you the million dollar question. Okay. So, what about Fetty Alvarez's 2013 Evil Dead? Did you like that one? The uh, oh, like the the complete remake with like back in the in yeah. The so I I I mean I enjoyed it from what I I only saw it that one time. I I. I do you think I have to go back and Did rewatch you see it, in it again? Theater or we saw, I saw it in the okay. theater. Yes, okay. and to, I don't know. I'm not sure if it was like the ambiance being in a apartment building. I get that they wanted to switch it up, and that, hey, you, you you're not going to know unless you try. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just seemed not. I don't want to go with like formulaic. But just kind no, of you like, can. You yeah. Can. But just kind it, of like, you, you know, felt. like, okay, I'm gonna climb up this ladder and put my foot here, and then I'm gonna go put my foot there and there and there. Like, I don't know. Like, there was just nothing that really like surprised me. There was definitely, I mean, the the actors I think put their performance in, and I don't think it was at any fault of their own. I think they 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 owned the parts the best they could. Um, there was, I guess, yeah, I think it was just, like, the wow factor. Like, okay. there really was none to me. Okay. I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's fair. I um, can, no, no, it's fair. I yeah, can see I don't know. that. That's just, that's just my personal opinion. Here's... All right, so 2013, I didn't like it when I saw it in the theater. Right. I, I, and I, I knew a lot of people that didn't like it. I didn't dislike it. I was just expecting... I don't know what I was expecting. So yeah. I gotta be honest with you. I guess I was expecting... Bruce Campbell. Yeah. And and that sense of fun. And this was a very distinct tonal shift. But you know what? On rewatch, because I've watched it a couple times since then, because let, let's be honest, it was 10 years ago. I like it more now. Oh, good. Okay. So that that slingshots me into Evil Dead Rise, um, which I I saw it on the big screen, and it was, it was one of those things where the theater was into it, mm-hmm. and it was hitting all the beats, and when they hit those beats, you could kind of vibe off the audience, okay. and it just like made it more. Which than. is a better, which is a better experience for but sure. Then you leave the theater, and then you think about it, and you're like, was it was my enjoyment more in uh, along the lines of the whole theater? Like it was just this group hang, and that kind of drove you to hit those, you know, those beats and appreciate it more. Because I watched it on, um, I watched it on Hulu a couple of weeks ago, and I liked it. But it was diminished. Okay. So much more. And I think you bring up a good point. Look, they did a great job. I mean, it's up there on the screen. The scares are, are very impactful. Mm-hmm. And the gore is super impactful. Absolutely. Which you expect from an Evil Dead. But the second time I watched it, because I didn't have that whole theater experience, it felt to me like what you're saying, that it was kind of like, you know get us to the next set piece and then get us to the next set piece yeah. instead of it being like a, a like a coherent path that made sense logically it's your point you're like put your foot here put your hand yeah, you know yeah yeah like you're just we're just gonna climb the ladder and you know i don't know i know step one step two step three step four yeah i, know. I, I don't know that's how i saw it i did like the um i did like the book ending though of beginning in the cat the cabin you know um right you know, again, you know how I feel about a cold open. I loves me a cold <laughs> open. <laughs> yeah. 
which, which, all right. Um, so it, as far as new stuff, is that it? Should we start talking about the, Barbarian? I mean, or? there's always going to be more new stuff to talk about, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm actually really excited to jump into Barbarian, so yeah. I say we do it. Comic-wise, comic I'm not reading anything that I want to give a shout-out to right now of note, and I'm not really playing anything. Oh, you know what? Uh, take that back. Um, check out... Uh, I've got a PS5, so t- uh, check out... Um, oh, my God, what the hell's the name? Dredge. Let me make oh. sure... Dredge, okay. Did you play it? I know, I've heard of it, though. I heard a, I heard a <clears throat> lot of good stuff about it. Let me just make sure I've got the right... We're going to fix this in post. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely want that on a t-shirt. I think I would totally get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> dredge, yeah, it is Dredge. All right, I can clean all that up. But anyway, gang, it is Dredge. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about it, so I'm going to start playing it this week, and I'll let you know uh, what it's like in the weeks to come. So, with that said... Let's get into Barbarian, 2002's Barbarian, directed by Zach Kregers, who people may know from uh, the Whitest Kids You Know sketch comedy troupe. Uh, he also, uh, you know, he's been an actor. He was in um, he was in the TBS show Wrecked. I think that was like 2016 to 2018. Funny show. Uh, you know, if you want to check it out, it's it's got to be on one of the streamers. You know, it's a cute, funny show. But anyway, so his whole deal was, um, you know, he was an actor, he was a writer, a uh, producer, and director, and this was his real first go. Uh, sorry, I take that back. This was his second go at uh, motion picture. And, you know, from the notes and the uh, the research that I had done, it wasn't easy. No. It wasn't easy. I mean, he really, he shopped this around for years to get people to bite because the, the what makes this movie, in my opinion, so incredible is the script work. And his script is really, it's a, it's... It's like a two, three act structure yeah. where all the actors said the same thing too. Like when they read the um, when they read the script, they were just so captivated by it. Justin Long was actually like on a not I don't think not a camping trip per se, but he was like traveling and you know stopped at like a, a camper site, um, you know where you park your RV like around yeah. that. So it was getting dark, so he wanted to like you know kind of like sleep it off, and he was going to finish the script. Oh, that's and he choice. said as it was yeah, he said as it was getting dark, he was too scared. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He's like, I read it the next day. Just alone. <laughs> Are you, you're a brave man for even going a minute after dusk with this script. Yeah, yeah. So, I'll, so yeah, the script definitely captivated everybody. Um, so I can only imagine how well it was written. Zach Kreger said that um, people were so would be into it, but then they would get to page 50 where Justin Long's character is introduced. So you, you, you end the entire beginning of the movie where you're with, um, you know, who would eventually be Georgina Chapman and Bill Sarsgaard, and you end that, and then it ends super abruptly, and then you, all of a sudden, you got this cut to the Pacific Coast Highway, and you're with Justin Long, and you're in a completely different movie, and he said that people couldn't get, for years, people yeah. could not get past that. He finally, as as these things tend to not happen, to be honest. I mean, usually these scripts end up in a drawer, and they're incredible, and you, they're never heard from again. He got it in front of the right people, and then uh, it just clicked. It, you know, they understood what what he was trying to do, and then they gave it to Roy Lee, and Roy Lee understood the producer, and he understood what Zach was trying to do, and it's just, you know. 
kismet because the the right people it got into the hands of the right people and then you know through a lot of hard work i'm sure it eventually made its way to the screen but I just wanted to point out that we came super close to never it getting almost, this movie. Yeah, it almost like didn't even make it. It was it was independently financed, <clears throat> and unfortunately, like they were because they filmed this in Bulgaria. Yes, and yeah. the, he was having like so it was the day before he was supposed to travel to Bulgaria. He was having like a going away party, like kind of like celebrating the whole experience. I finally got this up the ground. Yada yada, we're going to do it, and unfortunately, his financier passed away no yeah so it and then so the script so like everything was like plummeted can you imagine you're getting ready to go on the plane and and exactly and and by the way yeah oh my god so the very obviously so that was a huge bummer huge loss i'm sure on many 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 different levels and he um the very next day is when it got picked up by the studio that they happened to read the script and they were like back in business oh you know God. like 24 hours later could you imagine it it was he, yeah he was i could only imagine the stress i'm sure he yeah but it, it was it, it this is literally a miracle yeah. movie <laughs> well it's just like you know from our perspective, it's just like, oh, Zach Kreger, you know, he's in the industry, and then he wanted to make a movie, so then he made it, and everything turned out great, and now he's a really exciting guy in the horror community, and, I don't, you know, is he the next John Carpenter? I don't know, but everything came really easy to him, because I just heard of him last year, and now he's got another movie coming out, and everything's easy for these easy, easy people. Yeah, you know? and, then, and then when you look behind the scenes, I'm like, apparently it was not that easy <laughs> at like, all. Everything was hard. Nothing went right. <laughs> Nobody liked it. I cried a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a perspective but, but anyway but yeah but the fact that the movie even made it it's it's yeah and i really like it i have a feel a lot of people kind of talk about how the third act like just didn't stick the landing blah 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 i i mean i thought a lot about that and uh i know and i'm kind of jumping ahead here so this is really all i'm going to say about it is i i just i don't really know how else it should have ended. Well, again, I'm jumping ahead, so yeah. maybe we should start in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, when we get to when we get to the third act, we'll we'll we'll, definitely, we'll we'll break that down a little bit more. We'll circle back. What I do, you know, not to be all over the place, but I do want to mention though, Zack Ryder's this movie was insanely successful. He shot for 4.5 million, made 10 times his budget. So, I mean, he's got a hot hand right now, and it really he really does have an incredible hot hand because he his next project is a movie called weapons and pedro pascal has just been attached as well as that man is all over the place he really is <laughs> i think he has a clone i'm all for it <laughs> pedro if you're listening can't get enough of you can't get enough of you okay so he uh weapons with pedro pascal and renata uh Rensvi. i'm hope i'm pronouncing that last name right sorry if i'm not but she uh started in the movie the worst person in the world um swedish actress and it anyway it's a real good cast just like barbarians this is a super solid cast the the what i've heard about it uh is an uh interrelated multi-story horror epic about disappearances of high school students in a small town shoot that shit right into my veins i mean <laughs> right now are you kidding me so anyway writer strike you know and all that aside cannot wait for this movie to come out yeah absolutely i mean he's an exciting guy this is like uh you know you get these you get these directors come along and you get excited for what they can do in the genre like uh ari Aster mm-hmm. is is one for me like okay you hereditary scared the 
crap out of me. And then Midsommar, I was like, what am I even watching here? But I was, I loved it. I just wanted to eat it all up. Yeah, same. You know, I didn't see Bo is Afraid, though. Did you see that? I did not get to see that yet. Yeah. No, not yet. All right, I'll have to check that out, but... Um, it's on a, a long, 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 long list <laughs> yeah, yeah. things to read and watch. Mm, too much content. <laughs> it really is. We're not complaining, though. <laughs> but anyway, I'm all over the place, but um, really, really exciting director, producer, writer to watch. You know, um, he he's friends with... Uh, he is friends with Jordan Peele. So it kind of makes mm-hmm. sense. Like I watched Nope, and I watched Barbarian, two completely different movies. But you get a feeling of like, ooh, all right, we're having a moment. Like horror is definitely having this, and I hate using this word. It's their words, not mine. But this elevated moment. Okay. And I think what they mean by that is they're getting what they're doing with their budgets is being reflected on the screen. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah, like, I, I think I, I, I get what you're saying. They're super watchable. They're just super watchable. You you can't see the seams. They're not clunky. The yeah. scripts are good. The it's cinematography. More, it's more good. of an experience. It exactly. Be, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's not just like, uh, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my, my dumb slasher flicks sure. too. Like it's that's, you know, yeah, that's, that's, that's fine. But something like this where it does have a little bit more depth. It actually has, there's a lot of character development within the first act alone, um, which continues, you know, as we, you know, meet these other characters. So just, just alone, like this, this, the whole, the whole story, it was definitely, it was definitely an experience for sure. Um, especially for being a female, because that's kind of what stemmed this whole story. Yeah. Um, you know, was a female point of view and looking out for red flag signs and and it it, you know he was reading the book uh the gift of fear and just like little tiny things and he just tried he's like what if i can just dump all these red flags in one area and and it just came to him everything just naturally came to him a double booked airbnb a girl by herself stranger guy she doesn't know he's kind of doing like all like I don't want to say, like, he's doing all the wrong things because, you know, you find out, like, he was just trying to be nice. Like, it was a really shitty situation. Yeah. Um, but... Before we get into it, should I should we read, read the summary for those who've never seen... First, yeah. If you've yeah. never seen Barbarian, I mean, here's the summary real quick, but we're all going to spoil, so you probably should turn this off and go watch it. If you it haven't seen the movie, do yourself a favor, see the movie, but yeah. yeah, we're going to spoil the hell out of this. But if you need, a, or if you've seen it before and need a refresher. So, quick summary is, a young woman staying at an Airbnb in Detroit quickly becomes alarmed when her rental is double booked by a man she doesn't know. And that's pretty much the premise, and that is the only premise yeah. if you're only seeing the trailer... That's all you're going to get because there is so much more to this movie. It's, the, that was that is on purpose. The things this movie does in the simplest way, because just with that very succinct summary that Shannon just did, the person who opens the door in the B in the Airbnb is Pennywise. Yeah. <laughs> the, the casting in this movie. Now, Bill's. Oh, by the way, I'm 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 such a fucking knob. It's Georgina Campbell. Not Georgina Chapman. I don't know who the fuck Georgina Chapman is. You're I didn't even a, catch that. You're probably a lovely person. My apologies. We, we hope you're listening to Sinful Cuts. But Georgina Campbell is the person that I am saying that I adore and I follow all her work and I don't even know her last name. So I am so sorry, Georgina. I um, just want to clarify. Okay, so uh, let's let's get into the the 
uh, we'll do the extended summary of the movie right now. We'll be stopping along the way to discuss some things, I'm sure. But let's have at it. Here's my... Upon rewatch, my favorite thing about this damn movie is the very first shot. Mm -hmm. The camera pans from darkness below ground and comes up and then you see the... Um, the Airbnb house. From the very first shot of this movie, I'm like, oh man, you just hinted about what this is all about. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. The, the shot, the cinematography is brilliant. Oh, so good. Throughout the entire film, it is absolutely brilliant. I even loved the, um, the like, there's a, uh, she does it a few times, like the, the pan out shots where she's looking at the neighborhood. Yeah. The very first shot is a nighttime scene. Uh, she shows up to the Airbnb. It's pouring rain as well. So just all over a shitty situation. They they do a pan out scene from her point of view looking at the neighborhood and you can see nothing. It's darkness. It's dark. Yeah, yeah. It's it, and look, it already sets a premise. You've all been in this, you've all been in this situation <clears throat> where you're in an unfamiliar neighborhood, it's night, and you know, you just just sense of yeah. unease is yeah. immediate. But, no other but, house has their lights on, no one's around. Like that's let's take she's a look at, she's alone. Yeah, like that's Let's look at what Zach Reggers has done script-wise. What he does right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. He's taken a woman mm -hmm. and placed her in an unfamiliar city. Mm -hmm. Then on an unfamiliar block. Then going into an unfamiliar house. A dark familiar block. That is open block. <laughs> by a person who is unfamiliar to her. Yeah. So it's, you know, to, to, to your point that you were making about how Zach had, um, he was reading this book, and then he's like, all right, how many red flags can I just throw in yeah. front of the audience? Everything. Now, uh, Georgina Campbell, Campbell's, uh, her character's name is Tess, so I'm just going to refer to her as Tess going forward. Bill Skarsgård is Keith. I'm just going to be referring to character names going forward. So Just easier. <laughs> exactly. So after, after some back and forth, Tess makes her first decisive decision, which is Keith is like, why don't you come in here? It's not raining. You can make some calls. We'll figure this out. And he keeps saying stuff like, and then we'll get our money back from these idiots. Mm -hmm. So he's like... Portraying the company who double booked them as idiots, which they, you know, which they, they was, made a mistake and they are. But it's like his lore to come in, like, don't worry about me. We're like, let we'll figure out what's going on with them. And then there's a very decisive shot in the movie where it's you're looking at um, at Tess on, on outside the door, and then she steps over the door frame. It's almost very much like inviting a vampire in, except yeah. she's the she's victim. Victim, yes. She crosses the door frame, and then like then you're in it. You're like, okay, so she's instead of getting in her car and then going to find a hotel or just driving the hell away, she's made that one decisive decision to cross the threshold, and then we're off to the races. But the first part of this movie. Is like there ver there are beats for sure of crazy unease because it's Bill Skarsgård. A lot, yeah, a lot of tension. He, I mean, he's known for other horror um, as well, and he just has a look to him. And if if he wants to embrace it, he absolutely does. Yeah. Even though this must have been really interesting for him because he um now this is gonna be a spoiler you find out like he is not a creep at, at all. all he's he's actually just another victim in this weird situation and now he's just trying to make her feel comfortable trying to she, or maybe i don't know like I, you know he's just trying to make the best out of this weird yeah. situation and in doing so he's just creeping everyone out even more you know you know making her tea that she says no 
it, you know, she's like, no, I don't need tea. And he makes it for her anyway. And, you you know, there's a shot of her just staring at it. And, and he picks up on that, though, quickly. Yeah, that's a nice little aside that they mm-hmm. have where he's like, I didn't want to open up the wine. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have seen me open it. And then you wouldn't drink it. And then he goes, I understand. I understand. Yeah. You know, and, and but but the whole time you're just like is he friend or foe is it what it, what is what is this happening and you you just never ever ever it's, know it's until, until you do Zach Gregor's <laughs> I'm gonna call right now I mean the first half hour of this movie is very Hitchcockian because mm. as an audience you're like when is Bill Skarsgård yeah. when's Keith gonna turn out to be the bad guy and that was the original concept when mm-hmm. when Zach was writing the script yeah he got them down into the basement yep. and then he's like okay now keith is going to do whatever whatever to illustrate that he's the villain mm. and he's like you know what i've seen this a million times and and we all know that it's coming he's like yeah. if i know it's coming the audience is I mean, gonna know so he yeah now then he just took a moment where like i'm gonna take a rug and i'm gonna rip it out from under yep. you and i'm gonna knock everyone on their ass and they definitely did everyone probably had the same face that i made but i was like huh <laughs> Right? We'll get there in a second, but I was definitely like... <laughs> so did, we're just going to sum up the beginning real quickly. So Tessa's going in the house. You know, there's no there's a convention in town, so there's no hotels. You know, as, as their conversation, you know, proceeds, you, you know, she, she's doing... Except for crossing the threshold and going into the house, she is doing everything right. Because if you were to place your, yourself in Tessa's footsteps, Prince... <laughs> Unless, unless Jesus was carrying you, I don't know. <laughs> you would, you would see that she is locking the door behind her. She's not drinking the tea. She takes a picture of his license. She's doing all these smart things, aside from entering the house to begin with. But we wouldn't have a movie if she didn't do that. Yeah. But but like, also too, her other option because I keep remembering this too. Her other option is driving around Detroit, aimlessly in a city that she doesn't know. Uh, yeah, Detroit. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Detroit. I mean, we love you. You have a bad rap. I'm yeah, sorry, sorry, but uh, it's. But again, yeah. But either way, an unfamiliar. T- yes. You're just gonna drive around and like, I don't know. So this was this was not the best option for her, but the most immediate, and you could probably get some kind of solution, which you know she does. He takes the couch. She takes the bedroom. Turns out Keith is an absolute mensch. You know, his only problem is he evidently suffers from night terrors. Clearly. You know, which is concerning. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they make it through the night. They almost... Look, it's almost like a it's almost like a little one-act play of a meet-cute with, like, implied sinister undertones that never come to fruition, because that's not what this movie's about. Nope. But it really sets... You just keep waiting for the first sign of something is not where, like right where here. yeah where it where like you you're absolutely in a place of unease and you're just you're looking in every corner going where is the threat but you where, know what I where is about it? this movie unlike you know we're kind of we're we're um pavlovian dogs you know horror movie lovers if daylight comes the next day we're like oh we're safe now yeah. like nothing had happened 
that night. Typical horror movie, the whole movie's going to be set that night, you know, and and come dawn, she's going to have killed Keith, mm-hmm. but it was mm-hmm. going to be a horrific night, and then and then daylight comes, the dawn comes, and she's safe, and the and the nice music starts. Yeah. So like, but daylight comes what within what twenty five yeah, minutes? Twenty five minutes. In. So we're like, well, she doesn't get killed. What now? <laughs> yeah. So then she goes to her interview. He's already gone in the morning. Hey, Doing but nice like I said, they had this little meet cute, and now there's a little flirtation. And, you know, every time she looks at his license, she has a little smile. She reads his note. She has a little smile. So now we're like, our least concern is the house now. The house has been proved to be safe. We know it's not. But it's proved to be safe. She goes to her interview. It's funny. She tells she tells um, uh, Catherine James, I think the woman's name is. She's a, a documentarian. And she tells her that she's got this Airbnb in Brightmoor. And her face is like, you got to get out of there. Is that what? Yeah, again, sorry, Detroit. I don't know anything about Brightmore, but nobody in this movie likes it. Ew. So, she, you know, her unease, automatically, we're like, oh, yeah, that's right. We're heading back there, and we don't like that place. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, this is where I have no problem with the movie. Some of you may, but I have no problem with the movie. So Tess goes back there, and she's packing up her stuff, and, you know, she's kind of, like, looking forward to seeing Keith, and then she goes to the bathroom, and there's no toilet paper, and she searches the house for toilet paper. This passes, and Chen, in my opinion, this passes the come on test, where you're not going, come on! Yeah. <laughs> you're like, alright, I'm in this Airbnb, and I gotta go to the bathroom, and I'm gonna look all over the place for toilet paper, which leads her down into the basement, which is not out of the realm of what you would do. No, absolutely. And it's sitting right there on the it's, washer. It's not like the scary barn out at Camp Crystal Lake and, you know, like, oh, the door is ajar. I'm going to go inside. Exactly. And it's <laughs> it daylight. Wasn't, no, it, yeah, and it's daylight, so you feel... She goes it, down there. It's just, I don't know, like, not, I don't want to say common sense, but it... But, but common it, sense. It's, 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 we've all done it. Because I find myself screaming, come on, and it, this will be referred to as the come on test with horror movies that we're going to discuss. I find myself screaming, come on, as do you sinners, when someone makes a bonehead play. Sometimes it's part of the charm of the movie, and sometimes it drives you insane. But this passed it for me. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I would go down there. And she does, and she grabs it, and nothing jumps out at her. And then she's walking up the stairs, and the door closes. So now she's locked in the basement, and you know she's looking at her options of what she can do. Again, this movie... It defies what you, the preconceived notions that horror movie lovers would automatically be like, okay, so she's going to find the secret room and she's going to go on this whole journey by herself. That's not what happens. She's locked in the basement. Keith comes. She gets his attention. And guess what? He gets her out of the basement. So right now as a horror movie lover, you're like, what the fuck? fuck is going on yeah. with this movie now now you're like thrown for a loop and you're like it's just, not following any of the tropes what is happening because it's still like now we're still backtracking looking at keith and she's like we've got to go yeah he's the one now now we've switched spots because you could say to a certain extent it's like the the curiosity factor once she oh sorry i i, I left out a huge huge reveal so um uh Tess does find the the rope in the wall, pulls the rope, secret door secret opens, door, yeah. and she finds the kill room, the murder room, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she's just like, you know, 
I gotta get out of here. That's when... Or birth room, I maybe. It's like everything room. Everything mm-hmm. everything horrible you can think of room. Mm-hmm. Every, I mean, ooh, Awful. yeah. Mm. It's just a bed and a bucket yeah. and a camera. Yeah, it's real bad. It's, and, uh... and fluorescent lighting. <laughs> and, a lot, yeah. and a lot of filth. So, oh, it's so, so bad. You, can, you can only imagine oh, what's happened so there. <laughs> it's so bad. I mean, you're sick, sick, sick people, but mm-hmm. set uh, production design and set decorators, job well done. <laughs> you creeps. <laughs> so... So now, you know, it's at this moment where she's at her most, you know, frantic and, oh my God, she discovers this room and then Keith shows up and gets her out of the damn um, basement. And then it's Keith's decision. She's like, we gotta go. And he's like, I got, not that I have to see this, but he's like, you know, from his perspective, he had this Airbnb for a week and she's telling him we have to leave right now. There's a weird room down there. This passed the come on test for me as well, because I too would be like, well, I have to see it. Yeah. You're up here. I'm just going to go down there. Don't let me get locked in. It's, I guess it's Keith's decision to actually go further, which leads to him getting his head smashed into a pulp and the rest of the movie, you know, he makes... He makes a poor life decision. Yes, unfortunately, that. which it's yeah. So there's there's even more to the room. He, there's another there's, secret there's door. There's another secret door, yeah. and that immediately descends into just a dark, dark, dark tunnel. Yeah. Um And you know you're 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 like, well, what the hell is that? And you know, and he you know he starts crying out for help. And she's terrified, but she does end up going after him because what if he's in trouble? Now, now I think she has a little trust for him. Now wait, but let me ask you. Yeah. It's at this point mm-hmm. where she's descending into the darkness, and he's barely audible asking for help. Mm-hmm. Where everyone collectively in the audience is like, Pennywise is going to kill her. Yep. Yeah. And I love the casting of Bill Skarsgård because it it works against type so well, and everyone's waiting for this to happen and then Shannon tell everybody what happened (laughs) (laughs) and then a freaking giant freakishly naked lady comes out and freaking just takes him by the head and bashes his his face in and you're like wait what (laughs) I mean the practical work is so good here it's it's it, yeah it's it, it throws you for a loop so this is the part where a lot of people for some reason have an um well, maybe I could see why, but they have an issue with it where it now it goes from like this weird um, unease, tension, almost oh, uh, you know play, yeah. yeah, and then it turns into almost like a, a a creature feature, eventual cat, you know, like chase. But as soon as this happens, you barely see you know like again like something that's been living there clearly for you know a number of years, and. And now it switches. And yeah. that's when we now we introduce a different character named AJ. Now this is... I'm going to pause for one second. I'm just going to read you a quick thing. I'm just going to read you a quick thing that Zach... Zach Kregers had an um, uh, interview in The Hollywood Reporter. I just want to stop for one quick second and just read this. Because this, this is really everything about what I love about this movie and the fact that it got made. <laughs> Bear with me one sec here. Okay, so it goes. Uh, I've been told many times that third act flat, uh, flashbacks are a barrier for executives. So was your structure a point of contention all along? This is a Hollywood Reporter asking Zach Greger this question, and he replies, "Oh, it was for everybody. It took me two years to get anyone interested in this. I ju- 
uh, I just kept hearing the same thing. You can't introduce a character on page 50. AJ, here comes Justin Long. Why is AJ in show business? Nobody wants to see anything about people in show business. We're following a rapist for 30 pages. That's just too gross. So I knew that all the, all the barriers to entry, that these were all barriers to entry, but I also knew that these things uh, everyone was picking on were my favorite things about the movie. The structure to me is what makes it so special. He's so right about that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't stop. I just kept trying, and eventually I found the guys at Boulder Light who got it immediately, and then they gave it to producer Roy Lee who got it immediately, and then we were off to the races. But I just wanted to just point out that, yeah, you know, to his credit... He knew what was special about his his screenplay, and it was this fact that we're introducing an, a completely new character on page 50, we're going to a completely new location, it's going to completely jar the audience, who's gonna, everyone's gonna collectively say, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, like, we're, like we're, go back, go back to the house, like, what, what happened? And you know what, though, Shannon, my thing is, I w give me more, give me more of that. Yeah. You can make a movie... Where I'm not two steps ahead of you, you know, because I'm such a smarty pants. <laughs> that that <laughs> you all, <laughs> you got me in the back seat, and you're like, no, 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 I'm doing the driving here. Yeah, respect. I, I absolutely that, and that that's what I think. Uh, I loved about this movie was the fact that it threw me for a loop, like especially at at this point, because I was like, wait, 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 go. Again, go, go back to the house. Yeah. Like, wait, 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 who is this guy? Was especially the way it ended because Mother smashes uh, Keith's head in and then rises up to her full height, which is like seven feet tall. And we've got Georgina Campbell. So Tess is probably like 5'2", and is just looking down at her. Yeah, like, and then it's happening? a smash cut mm -hmm. to the Pacific Coast Highway. And there's Justin Long <laughs> singing the top down. It's the sunniest day in the world. <laughs> I mean, this douche is at an all-time high. Like, nothing goes wrong. You just you just sum them up immediately. You're, just you're like, like, top of the world. Yeah, yeah, nothing ever goes wrong for you, and you're just oblivious to everything, and you get everything you want in life until mm -hmm. he takes the call. And then in the span of, you know, a quarter mile on the PCH, his life basically falls apart. Yeah. His, he, uh, his agent, uh, and well, I guess there's a few people on the call, but yeah. his agent, right, was the one who called. So you figure it's his management, <laughs> and I think it's actually the reporter from the, uh, uh, maybe it even is the Hollywood Reporter, that he's caught up in a Me Too, and... Mm-hmm, the, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, his, uh, uh, he, he basically you find out, like, he was uh, in the middle of doing a movie, and his co-star, I guess, was a female, and that you could tell, you know, they had, you know, a, a night together, but she, uh, you know... Trigger warning, obviously, you're going to have to use the word uh, rape here, but that's exactly what she's accusing AJ's, um, AJ of doing to her, and obviously the accusations, they could not, um, they cannot con basically continue with him in the movie, she, you know, already has a lawyer involved, the whole thing, so AJ is definitely thrown completely for a loop, he was so happy on such a high, and then immediately his life is destroyed, um, but you, you, you know, as you get to learn more and more about AJ and his antics and the way he handles things, uh, you, you know, like, and, and he does even talk about what happens with a friend, like a close friend. And you're just kind of like, oh, well, this is why you're now in this situation. Like, yep. you know, like, is he, like, the worst person in the world? The, I mean, everybody hates this character, which, I mean, great job, Justin Long, because you, you I think he really sold it. I really do love him. So, really yeah, do. no, I think he's great. I've always loved Justin Long. 
long. Um, it's it's more great casting because mm-hmm. we know Justin Long from so many comedies where he's usually the underdog and we're always rooting for him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's like kind of like the nerdy, clunky underdog and, oh, we hope he gets the girl. And here's a movie that works against type because we see him in the car and we you know he's singing along and we're like oh it's typical justin long and then we find out almost immediately hey this guy's gross yeah yeah it's just yeah exactly like it's not like he's like the worst person in the world like not necessarily predator wise but his initial reaction is that fucking bitch like he takes no no responsibility Ad- everything's happening to him. He has a douche factor. Again, he's yeah. never mm-hmm. the instigator. He's mm-hmm. never the perpetrator. So mm-hmm. everything's happening to him. So, like I said, within the span of five miles on the PCH, he's he loses his TV show. It was a TV show. I, I paused it on screen. The Hollywood <laughs> Report article is his TV show was Chip Off the Old Block. Won't be going to pilot season. <laughs> like, oh, my God. So... um. He the we we go to the next scene. He's with his um his financial advisor, I guess yes. the, his money uh, manager, and he's telling him, "Look, you know your mortgage here in California is killing you. You have these properties in Michigan. Doesn't say Detroit. I didn't catch it. The, you got these properties he does, in Michigan. He, do, he does just say Michigan. The I do remember first that time scene. I saw it. I didn't yeah. put two and two together. Yeah, but um, that's that's where you get the connection." Immediately, it's so because <clears throat> everyone's like, "What? What are we doing in California with this yeah. douchebag actor?" And then, lo and behold, he's got to liquidate his assets because he's got now he's got a he's got a defamation suit, and and of course he's he's being accused of rape. So he's got to pay for two sets of lawyers, and he's got to start liquidating some assets quickly, which then brings him back to um, Detroit. And sure enough. You know, he picks up the keys to one of his properties, and we're back on Barbary Lane. Oh, by the way, guys, forgot to say, the house is on Barbary Lane. <laughs> so if you're living on Barbary Lane, I guess you could call yourself a barbarian. Yes. You know? <laughs> That's, we'll get into that. I have a weird, like, little fact. There's a couple, of, yeah. There's I want to get few, into it. There's, there's definitely a, a few, of but we'll, we'll get through the movie first, and we'll, we'll circle back. So um, now, again, playing against all horror movie tropes, Justin Long enters the house. There's nothing to be alarmed about, even though we're on super high tension, red alert. Um, he goes out with his buddy. He mm-hmm. he offhandedly admits that he did rape this woman. You know, again, guys, trigger Not, alerts all over the to, place going to, forward. Yeah, but to him, it wasn't that way. It was he eventually convinced her to yes. be consensual. Yeah, his language is very... Is still, you know, I mean... No, ambiguous, if, if, if it's, Yes, if it's, if it's a no... It's a no. So just gonna just gonna say that from the female perspective. Not and not gonna cry like the feministic, you no, know, but, uh, flag here, but just just gonna throw that out there. Well, for, you know what though? Alright, let's let's talk about something here for a second because this is a this movie from my perspective, again, guys, you know, uh, uh, cis white male, you know, talking to you here, so you know, my perspective is uh, is from that lens, so I'll invite all other perspectives, you know, of course, and it's what makes, you know, uh, uh, review movies like this interesting, you know, the different perspective. But from my perspective, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, God damn, this movie, every every man in this movie, uh, you know, Keith, Keith was a good, solid guy. 
but he was oblivious to the to some of the social cues he was putting out there. Right. Doesn't make him a bad person. No, he yeah. wasn't. Like I, I said, mean, he, he was trying to be nice. Yeah. R.I.P. But, Keith. But, but in, um, in, in, at the same time, he was alarming her more. Yes. You know, with, like not intentional-wise. He, he kind of catches it after a while, so which is why they kind of become... It, it does ease her a little bit, enough to sleep in the house. Yeah. But... You've yeah. got like three variations. Now, of... but it would be interesting to think if she knocked on that door, and how would it feel if AJ was the one that answered the door? And they, I even think about talk about that. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, and then not that it was AJ, but what if the roles were reversed with Keith and, and Tess? That he would have just come in and not thought twice about his safety, you know, because it would have been Tess on the I other side Tess of the door. I think Tess never would have let. There would never would have been a movie because she was like, absolutely fucking not. You're not coming in here. Yeah, yeah. And if she got there first, absolutely not. not like, no, you can drive around and figure All it right. out. All right, so. Let, let's get into so, this. And then there's no movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Period. The end. <laughs> so, yeah, sinners, we'll get back to the summary in one sec, but I just want to talk about something that, that I find interesting, and I definitely want to you know present Shannon with it from a female perspective. So from my perspective, watching this movie and then thinking about it afterwards, you've got three variations of men represented on screen. Mm-hmm. You've got Keith... Who is like you know who who wants to be a little bit of the savior? Mm-hmm. Super nice guy. Maybe he's kind of like an innocent bystander he is. in a way. Yeah. He kind of is the innocent. Yeah. He's kind of collateral damage when mm. you think about it. Yeah. Although it was his choice to descend deeper, so that's on you, Keith. Mm. You know, bad choices. Then you've got, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Frank next. So Frank, yes. and again, guys, you know, trigger warnings all over the place going forward because <clears throat> Frank is a serial rapist and murderer, mm-hmm. and so he is like an almost like an apex predator. Um, y- you know, I don't think there's any. He's completely self-aware in what he is. I don't know that he even cares to justify his actions. He is just a monster. Yeah, he is he, the he, monster. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't seem. To, he's not sorry for no. for anything. Mother, he, you get that from. Um, yeah, you you get you get that right from the very beginning when you see him. So there's a flashback like they, they say it's like the 80s. So I'm thinking well, it's they're, like mentioning 70s, they're mentioning Reagan. They're mentioning Reagan on the radio. You hear it. Uh, oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yes. So, but but obviously not like it's, it wasn't like the 50s or something like that. So, uh, but you you all of a sudden you see this neighborhood and there's people playing on the street. There's a there's, typical suburban neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, typical. And you get a quick little. Uh, shot with his neighbor like hey just let you know we're moving out like this this neighborhood is clearly going to shit and he's like well I'm not going anywhere and then it, the shots of him were really interesting you get a lot of him from the back yes. at first and then and then did you see that the aspect ratio on the screen changed yes which I thought was fantastic yes. Zach Gregor's That's, role that, and again that, that goes back to the cinematography is absolutely brilliant oh, it. It, every character was focused or not so much focused on, like very on purpose, and I believe that helps with the storytelling very much so. Um, but yeah, but so then, let me ask you, mm-hmm. if you agree or disagree. So we've got we've got Keith who is our innocent bystander, but it, but it, but a stand up mensch of a guy. Then we've got Frank who is our apex predator, complete monster. Then we've got our AJ mm-hmm. who is who is almost like a wolf in sheep's clothing because his outward appearance is very much a Keith mm-hmm. you know oh you know I'm a harmless guy and I'm and I have celebrity and I'm um you know love me love me but beneath that veneer he's a terrible terrible person yeah he has a he has a yeah the potential, he has the potential to, to become a frank to... right mm-hmm. so i just found that interesting that our female character characters i actually should should say that's plural because mother is a female character as well, and she was te- she's technically and mother is a victim. victim. Absolutely, I mean, mother is possibly 
She's I, she becomes a product of her environment. Yeah, Tess may argue this, but <laughs> but Mother is the most sympathetic character in the movie because, like you said, she lives in an underground. Uh, what she, she does go out at night, but it's a it, it's a it's a hellhole, dilapidated neighborhood. She basically lives her life almost like an albino possum <laughs> underground. You know, with only two the only two stimuli: her abusive rapist father or grandfather and a breastfeeding video constantly you know on loop basically so you know that's just a nightmarish existence all she knows is to try to be a mother yeah that's all she knows yeah so uh, anyway i'm I'm all over my skis here but i just wanted to get your opinion on the male representation in this movie because you did have those three factors so how did you feel seeing these guys and did you put yourself in Tess's place of like yeah red flags all over this mofo absolutely I'm, I'm out of here absolutely I don't I mean in te- in the very beginning I'm not sure what I would do in Tess's shoes I don't know if I would ever travel to Detroit by myself <laughs> but I've traveled by myself so that honestly that's that's really yeah. not, that's really not fair to say um but I don't know if I would have would have went ahead to book an Airbnb by myself. Like I think I would have felt better booking in a, a hotel. But then again, these are it's just my, these, fucking Google these, Maps. These are just, <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, Tess. Yeah, I'm so upset at you. Yeah, I know, right? You could have avoided this whole thing. It's the first thing I do when I BNB. Is like, let me just check out, you know, that they don't have me next to the nuclear reactor. You know? Yeah. <laughs> You know, maybe just to <laughs> place myself a little bit. Although, since so, I'm only 5'8", so every, I can use a little radiation but, <laughs> stretch me out. But here, now, here's the the thing here, too, is that what I find interesting. So, knowing all the characters, the um, I, I'm probably not going to answer your question, actually, but I'm going to go with this, is every single solitary character actually had a... a, a they had they could have made different choices. Yeah, the oh, only, this movie is nothing but choices. And the only one that did not have a choice was Mother. Yeah. yeah. So that's... Well, even though, like, she's, like, the, again, the, the creature feature part of the film, and, you know, as some people kind of look at it, because it, it does kind of switch to that vibe, and there's, like, the cat and mouse chase right to the very end with her... Cha- I mean, her chasing me, I'm, I'm definitely terrified, for sure. <laughs> but, uh, but like I said, if you really think back about the situation, you find out, you know, who Frank is and what he's done, it, it, and it's, it's just, what choices did she have? Like she does, she she can't speak properly. No. She can't, you know. And like the, the only um, word that you can really hear out of her is technically "baby." That, yeah, that's really all she can say. And it's like, so <laughs> wait, what was your question? <laughs> Did I, did I even answer anything? I just went on my own little rant. Sinners, welcome to what will be our thesis moving forward of every single podcast we do with you. Wait, what was the question? We should change the name of the damn podcast. So wait, what was the question? What was the question? The, the question was, you know what? I don't even know if I had a question. I just wanted to know what... You, from well, a female perspective, yeah. From what was your what was your viewpoint of the of the the uh, the male characters of this movie? I mean, I guess I can say that I got the the overall answer. I can say is I got the story right away. 
the whole thing. I, especially when I saw it from, you know, again, except for like the middle. The middle was just like, wait, what? And then, but then after I saw the whole thing and you got and I got to absorb it all, um, it, and, and then I heard an interview with Zach Gregor talking about it and writing it. I'm like everything. I'm like I felt that immediately. Yeah. Like I, you know, like I felt it that you were trying to write from a, a woman's uh, point of view. Because what was interesting to him about even writing the story was, again, he was reading the book, uh, The Gift of Fear, which I forgot to look up the author. I'll do that in a second. But um, he was reading this book and he found it interesting to him that he doesn't have to worry about these things. Yeah. Like being a woman, like sometimes like if you're alone, even even if it's an office environment or, again, or like this weird environment that he created at an Airbnb in the dead of night. Um, or just somewhere else. Like when you're alone with a guy, sometimes again, like the, the guy can be very nice to you, but there's just something that they give off, and women feel it a little bit more. And uh, honestly, there's one scene where this is the why. So just to backtrack, when we introduce Frank in the flashback in the '80s, where they're they're still showing the um. The, uh, the 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 you know the the neighborhood uh, in much better condition, um, even though it was I guess in the middle of dilapidating. It's because that's yeah they the neighbor is like the neighborhood's going they, to hell. They mention yeah. it, yeah. So, but it, I'm like, oh, really? it still looks really nice. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Fun facts. Yeah. The, you know, remember how the how green the grass is? Yeah, <laughs> the grass is CGI. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so just everything else was built on stage. Wish I could CGI my grass. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so it, you know he goes out he goes to the store they have all the you know the, the the shot of him like straight from the back straight from the front because what I got out of that sh- these shots uh, on Frank was that this is a straight and narrow character and he's like, hunting. This, is, this and he's literally hunting. his perspective yeah. yeah so he sees a potential victim he um, you know follows her all the way to her home and then he puts on, you know, everyone gets, you know, the Michael Myers reference. He puts on like yeah. that kind of a that kind of a suit. Um, and I believe I think he pretends to be like an electrician, and, and he wants to like make sure everything in her house is working properly. Yeah, he's like the water district guy or something. Yeah, because he goes and to the bathroom she, and turns the taps on. And she, and and just the way it was back in the day, she opens the door. She's like, "Come on, Come in, in, check out." And she's and she's like washing dishes, turning her back while he's walking around her house. And clearly, he goes. Yeah. yeah, he clearly goes into a bathroom and unlocks a window. Yeah. And and so again, like overall, like that that is that is the why. Yeah. Because things like that I'm sure have happened. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's and it's it's, it's, yeah. it's sad, it's just, it's, you know, if you know enough true crime stories cuz I I am into that too. Um, <laughs> it's 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 it you know, it was sad and she, you know, you do find out that she indeed was taken. She's wearing a very specific yellow and white dress. Justin Long's character AJ comes across that dress see that when he uh, when he comes oh. across uh, Frank in his uh, dilapidated oh, my apartment. Frank, piece of shit. <laughs> he was like I said, AJ is terrible, but Frank, you you are yeah you. Oh can, my god, you but... can die of gonorrhea and rotten hell. Yeah, rotten rotten hell, Frank. <laughs> With that said, Richard Brake, who plays Frank. Richard Brake, for those of you who don't know, this guy is like, um, I mean, he's really horror royalty at this point mm. because he's uh, uh, usually, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's just about been in every damn Rob Zombie film that Rob Zombie's ever done. 
Um, he's a great character actor. Uh, he, he's he's just got a really impressive resume. Lot of genre work. If you look at his IMDb now, um, all the projects that he has coming up, uh, heavy into genre work. <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if if we bumped into him next Sunday. You know, uh, at the convention. Anyway. He's a, he does a bang up job with a very disgusting role, but he he sells it well and um, and he's really good and he's solid in the role. Um, so all right, let me let me pick up where we left off. So now we've got AJ is now um, uh, he's back in the house and he wants to sell it and um, through circumstances that I don't recall, how the hell does he get in the basement? So he okay, so he. Um he finds all the, all their stuff is there. Shit, Keith, that's right. Keith's stuff and Tessa's stuff is still there. Yep, so he's the, like, what the hell is happening? So then he just finds his way into the basement. Here's um, a noise. Does hear the, a noise. Oh, okay. So yeah, there's a noise going, hello. And then I don't remember if the... No, I think he actually... I think the door is closed. It was closed. And he find, yeah, and he finds the rope again somehow and goes and he's like, holy shit. No, and you know what it is? The door's still open. From it, when oh, was it the, open? When, oh, my God. You know what? I wanted to bring this up. You know what killed Keith? Keith. Keith, a woman runs up to Keith mm. and says, we're in danger, we need to leave, and his male ego and perspective says, I need to go see, and yeah. that's what kills Keith. Yes. Keith kills himself. Yes. Because <laughs> he doesn't listen to a very legitimate concern with mm-hmm. a crying woman saying, we're in danger, we've got to go. And I, that, that's definitely the male and female perspective and I think he's of things. Five steps away from freedom and getting in their cars uh-huh. and having a when and having a rom com. <laughs> yeah. You know? Instead and having, a, go and, very and having a friend for life. I really think they would have made a cute couple. I think so too. I think so too. But we want to see that movie. But this is a horror movie and it does not start off that way. So I just I just thought it was interesting that what killed Keith was that he refused to listen to a woman telling him to his face you're in danger and we have to go. Mm-hmm. He had that to, is he interesting. Had to, he had to qualify that. So anyway. Yeah. So now we have AJ and AJ gets down into the murder room and this is probably my favorite part of the movie because <laughs> it shows what a complete ass and how oblivious <laughs> AJ is. So he's in the murder room and he's like, immediately they cut to a scene and he's typing in can underground dwellings be used for square footage when selling a house? Yeah, basically. Along those well, lines. along those lines. Yeah, he starts doing measurements, and everyone absolutely found the humor in that, including Justin Long. Like oh he's just like, God. "What the hell is this guy going to do with all this extra footage?" So now I do want to point out that Zach Greger, when he's writing the script, he's like, "What I want to do is I want to have the first part of a movie get up to a, a point where." Tess then is confronted by mother and then stop the movie and restart it from a male perspective and you get to see the differences. Absolutely. Because Tess, from the second she can't find the key in the Airbnb, Mm -hmm. is on high alert. Absolutely. A dog with her ears up. She does cross that threshold Mm -hmm. because we wouldn't have a movie without it, but every single... Every single beat she is on top of. She's trying to stay ahead of and keep her surroundings... Control her surroundings as much as possible to stay safe. And you have it through the lens of AJ, who couldn't be more oblivious <laughs> to what danger that he's in. 
And it, then he finds the underground lair, and he's so excited because it's additional square footage <laughs> that he can list when he's selling the property. So, he's of course... only seeing dollar signs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a, no danger He's literally smiling and laughing. He's like, sweet. He sees the dog cages, and you think he's going... Now, there's going to be a moment of clarity where he's like, this is off. Then they no. show him measuring the room nope. of the dog cages. <laughs> and he's like, oh, this is great. He you probably know? thinks he can sell the dog cages for yeah. an extra buck. Yeah. The only <laughs> moment of hesitation he has is when the breastfeeding video, then he finds Mother's Room that is lit up and has the breastfeeding video on. And that's the only moment where then things, I mean, it's literally like you have to smash his face in, into, dude, none of this is right. None of it's good, yeah. You need to get out of here. And it's only then when he's literally like a half hour into this nightmare situation below ground that it's the pieces start to come together and then his tape measure gets ripped out of his hands and then he's got his knife which he immediately drops, which we'll get a call back to later with the gun. Fucking Butterfingers. It's the worst guy to have. Uh, yeah. He should, he should not have a weapon. It's a stressful situation. So then he's confronted with Mother and runs <clears throat> off and then falls into like a like a spider hole, like a tiger trap. And then um, uh, the cage is shut on top of him. And then he's got a flashlight, and here comes our heroine Tess comes into frame, mm-hmm. and then we immediately go back. Then it's another smash cut back to 1980s with Frank, our our predator, leaving his house, and then that's where we get into the at- change in aspect the, ratio, yeah. which I didn't even know if I realized that when I saw it on the big screen, but I did notice it when I watched it this week, which I love. Just little stuff like that. Just feed that to me all day long. <laughs> So we've got, um, you know, we, we see Frank's M.O. It's, it's, it's not, we're not with Frank long. We're probably with Frank for about like five to seven minutes in the 80s. It's all you need to know. It's That's, all the backstory. Yeah, absolutely. But they tell you enough that you're like, I absolutely know what kind of guy this is. Obviously, he was the owner of this house. And, yep. uh, and, and says, I'm never leaving. And he says, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. And he did not. It's interesting when Frank, we have the scene with Frank, and he, you know, goes to the market, and he's, uh, you know, he's stalking his next victim, and he pretend, you know, the whole Michael Myers bit where he pretends to be from the water uh, company, and he goes back home, and, and we see him again, the forced perspective from behind, seeing Frank go into his house, and then he's heading, then he hears screams from the basement, and he's heading down there. Um, but you, I, I, I paused this time, which I had the ability to do, and I'm looking around Frank's house, and it's very chaotic. There's table overturned. There's gigantic shovel. So you're like, oh, he's already started yeah. with the mining expedition of mm-hmm. making his underground lair. Like, it just, the, again hats off to the set decoration it felt very frank you yeah. know i'm like oh okay all again right. all set design all yeah. every everything was built the entire um neighborhood the was was was, was built and uh they found this uh fields with just a road in bulgaria and, and they, built on they let him have at it and everything was a Dang stage it. so even though like it was a stage they they you know everybody agreed that even though um that the tunnels were still very oh. dark and once once they turned all the you know like the camera um you know, like the lights off yeah. to shoot the scenes. They were like, it was still very scary because <laughs> you're you very much in darkness. And th- this is, you guys, yeah, Sinead, you're going to hear this from us time and time again because it's 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 the, the curse of the horror movie and it's what makes horror movies great 
And it's also why horror movies save Hollywood's ass time and time again, but never get the credit for it. This movie shot right? for four point five million. Yeah. This this movie's gorgeous. I I agree. This I loved the cinematography. So well made. Mm-hmm. Looks so good. I mean, look. Uh, all right. It, 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 we don't have Bollywood dance numbers because that's not this movie. Nor do we have like you know insane um, special effects because that's not this movie. But for what this movie is, <clears throat> it is so well made. Yeah. And and my point that I'm you know beating to death here is that 4.5 million with a return of 45 million dollars is is such an absolute hit. Um, but you can do things, you can do clever things, and you can do great work. You don't need 270 million dollars, you know, to break even. You just don't need these big extravagances. Do I love to watch them? Of course I do. The, for the for the right film, I yes, you know, something something like uh, like Dune, like with the big oh, yeah, gigantic yeah, no, no. come on, yeah, 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 like that's. I mean, granted, very very different movie, but it it belongs with certain movies. But this movie uses its practicality, it uses its script, and it uses its um, the acting skills. Yeah. And that was all this movie needed. Yeah, I guess what you I'm know. trying to say, you know, production companies, it's not my money, so why not? Just give money to people with creative ideas. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the, the, the returns. I know you're not going to do that. I yeah. That. But <laughs> I have to say you're it. Gonna keep yeah. the, you're going to keep slamming the door in their faces until yeah. <laughs> somebody yeah. gives them a chance. Exactly. Yeah. Like, we've test marketed this until the wheels <laughs> fell off and we're still not releasing it. But anyway, I just wanted to point out that... that Horror, the horror community has some of the most creative people you're ever going to meet. They always have. They always will. Yeah. And that is probably one of the things I love most about just the horror community in general is so many creative people coming together and make something special for not a lot of money. And and it's just... And then they put it up on screen and you fall in love with it. Because I really have fallen in love with this movie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. I get off my soapbox. <laughs> It makes me taller, though, so I like staying. <laughs> so now, now we're done with the 80s bit. We come back, we, you know, smash back to we're in the spider hole cage with um, what is now ostensibly our hero and our heroine, even though we know AJ is not a good dude. But that is also, that's a trope that I also enjoy in movies, not just horror movies, but you've got a villain Made less villainous, even though he's gross and he's totally he's fucking villain. He's gross, absolutely. But made less villainous because you've got a bigger villain. Yeah, T- Tess is not concerned with AJ at all. I... <laughs> with being locked in the same yeah, uh, pit with him. There's going to be a weird thing to say, but I like when movies manipulate me like that. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, if you... It, most movies that I watch, if I absolutely predict the ending and, and it, it happens... I'm, like, automatically disappointed. You're just kind of looking for, okay, let me see good kills. Let me see, you know, let's see what the acting's about. and Maybe there's some good set design and lighting and cinematography. But you've already, you've guessed the ending. So you're already in the parking lot. Yeah. Like, my body just needs to get there. Let's get done with this next hour. That's what I saw coming, so here it is. And uh, there gets the credits. Okay, let's go. And, And this... This, yeah, I was I was enthralled because I'm like, what what what's not gonna happen next? Like, who's the who's and then then you get to the point where like, wait, who's the victim? Who's the who's the who's the who's the killer? Who's what is happening? And this movie does nothing but keep you on your toes the whole time. It, absolutely. So here we are in the hole. Then um, this is possibly for me <laughs> the most disgusting part of the movie, <laughs> where mother is then bottle feeding the children, and. Tess has... Oh, by the way, Tess has been missing for weeks, plural. 
weeks. Yeah. I'm trying. I think they go at least. I think somebody says at least two weeks. Uh, two to three weeks. I was trying to suss out. She's been in the hole for two to three weeks. Poor thing. Surviving off of mother's breast milk. (laughs) So we'll just leave it there. So then, then the most disturbing scene, though, is when Mother is trying to feed AJ, and then now there's hair on the nipple of the bottle, and I'm literally like, ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so AJ does the same thing, which makes Mother mad, and she goes, you know what, you'll get it directly from the source, and that's... <laughs> I love how she held him like a... Like a baby animal. But yeah. it was one foot. Yep. You know? So, AJ, to his dismay, ends up in the nursing room. And that... <laughs> but, but Mother uh, forgets to close the cage lid. So now, thank God, Tess can escape. Tess, look, no shame in her game. Tess makes a beeline mm-hmm. out of there. Because she knows... She knows the strength and the ferocity of Mother. She knows that she can't beat her... AJ's is going to have to suffer and make do until she can go get, get help. Mm-hmm. This brings us. This actually brings us to an incredible part in the movie, though, where Tess, being our incredibly smart heroine from from every beat in this movie, I mean, she has done smart things and and come up with solutions. The door is locked again. Um, <laughs> so what does she do? She takes a flashlight. She knocks the window out and gets her ass outside. This is one of the scariest parts of the movie Absolutely. for me. Absolutely. Because this is like this is like in shark exploitation movies where the person's in the water and then they get them it's, out of the water like just the, yeah, before they, they, like just like like the nick of time. The camera yeah. is fantastic too because mm-hmm. first we have overhead perspective and Tess is getting out and then uh, the uh, the homeless guy. Damn it! I should have I should have looked his name up. Um, he helps her out, and as he is pulling her, Mother reaches for her, and then there's this great shot where you see the perspective of Mother lunging through the little tiny basement window with those long arms just Mm -hmm. reaching out for Tess and doesn't get her, and you're like, I'm on the edge of my seat over here! Yes. Then we get a little bit of exposition where, um, you know what? Hold up one second. Sinners, we're going to fix all this in post. <laughs> I want to just look up who did he play. It's probably going to be... Matthew Patrick Davis? Matthew Patrick Davis was mother. Right. But who played the homeless man and what did oh, the the, the homeless man. So he is, I believe his name, is it Andre? It is Andre. It or is, is that the actor? No, James Butler is so the actor. So it Andre. Um, he was in Snowden. He's in Resident Evil. Oh, sweet. Um, I never heard Operation Napoleon. I never heard of it, but it looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Escape Room, um, oh, the 2021 version. Uh, so yeah, so he's in a, a few dings, you oh. know, and CIS, you know, things so like that. Andre comes, helps out Tess. We get the exposition now where he's like, look, mother comes out at night and she has been doing this forever you know because uh, he's like look they're worse this is something that andre says that haunts me though because he says there's worse things in that house than yeah. her now i think we're to assume that he's talking about frank because frank is disgusting monster zach gregor well, i gotta does, wonder he does he no zach gregor um he confirms that Oh, okay. He's so talking like, about Frank. Are there more children in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he probably grew up there when he was a child, 
you think and you know maybe and then just d- didn't make it in society yeah. and now lives on the streets of detroit so he at he, least that's what you assume anyway he sets us up with the fact that look we've only have so much time before mother is going to be on the streets so it's an introduction of a whole new set of rules <clears throat> that we're not necessarily safe we got to get out of here right this is this introduces uh the cops to the story Tess goes to a gas station, calls the cops, the cops show up. She's been in a spider hole for three weeks, so she looks like hell. She probably smells like hell. But she's telling the cops, you gotta come with me. I was just kidnapped. I was just held captive for three weeks. There is a person that needs your help. The cops completely dismiss her. Mm-hmm. And it's, look, you, you know, you feel for her. Because you're, you're like, why aren't you listening to me? Yeah. And they're asking her, do you have an ID? She's like, no, I don't have a fucking ID. <laughs> <laughs> I kidnapped. for three weeks. And they're like, mm, yeah, you're yeah. suspicious. <laughs> you know? So they go back to the house. She's trying to kick the door. And they're at this point, like, we're going to, we're about to lock your ass up. They take off because there's a shooting, so they're pulled off scene. We get rid of the cops, and then she's left. She's confronted with this situation. What do I do? Her being a better person than AJ, um, she goes back. She goes back to save him. And um, hold on, let me let me see my. I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything. Important. So she so, she does wait outside for mother to because he does say she comes out at night. So she does she, wait. You're right. She does right. wait for the mother to pop out of the door, and she does, and it's scary. <laughs> can, I, can I talk about that for one second? Yeah. I'm waiting for mother comes out at night, so I'm waiting for a scene where we're gonna notice mother is gonna pop up. Maybe like in you're gonna see mother through the back window, like in the neighbor's yard or something. Like we're gonna see her flit by, mother comes out of the goddamn house like the fucking Kool-Aid man and I shit my pants. Oh yeah. I mean, she was like right out of the front door. I, I, I mean I'm just like oh my god. I just loved it. I loved every second of it. So anyway to, uh, to Shannon's point because I completely forgot what the movie was about. She pins mother to the wall. Mother has a death scene. Um, collapses on the hood of the car. This is the point. Forgive me, sinners. This is the point where Tess goes to rescue AJ, who has now, because Mother had left to go chase Tess earlier, has is now wandering around the tunnels, comes aco- across Frank, sees that Frank is a serial uh, rapist and murderer, because there's just he filmed, dozens of he, tapes. He's filmed everything. Yeah, yeah, and he puts the tape, there's a tape kind of sticking halfway out, he puts it in, he sees it, and he's like, "What is? What the fuck is wrong with you?" Yeah. And if, if you, you ever like look at all the tapes, some of them don't have names. I know. Like ones like Redhead, one wouldn't ga- stop gas, crying, gas station stuff like clerk. That. Yeah, it's, yeah, so it's dis- fucking it's disturbing. So disturbing. Absolutely. So um, AJ had said previously because he thinks Frank is a captive as well. Hey, look, dude, don't worry. The cops are going to be here, and this place is going to be swarming with cops. Mm-hmm. Frank decides to, to kill himself, so he shoots himself. Now, AJ... Because you know, that's, uh, time's up. <laughs> the worst person to have a gun now has a gun. And this is where we get to a scene where when I initially saw the movie, I 100% thought that Tess was dead because the movie that this had been... Yeah, you know, g- g- subverting all my expectations. Tess goes down to get AJ. She says hello. He shoots her. Yeah, <laughs> because thinking. of course AJ does. <laughs> so now, thankfully, it's it's it looks to be just a flesh wound. Um, AJ helps uh, Tess out of the house. They're on the streets now, and mother is gone. 
which I love. I mean, you know, Abs- of course, on. absolutely. I, Where'd she go? Loving the steaks. <laughs> Andre, uh, they, they, uh, uh, Tess says they know where to go. They go to the church near the water tower. The, uh, Andre sees them, has them in his, now his lair, which he says is completely safe because it's been 15 years and mother has never once given a damn about where he lives. Where she Kool-Aid mans through the wall and rips his fucking arm off. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, Andre, you kind of, with all that exposition, you were asking for it. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. She never comes here, crap. But not unless you have her babies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's really about it. She's like the mother wolf at this point, just trying to get her babies back. Mother ripping Andre's arm off. Is so good. <laughs> it's it's gr- so good. It's gruesome. And then she beats poor Andre to death with like it, a, like an orangutan. I mean, yeah, <laughs> or gorilla. So, I think I think they both do that, but you know. So the best part about this scene, uh, R.I.P. Andre, except for Andre being beaten to death with his own arm, um, is that moments before uh, A.J. was having this epiphany where he realized that he be- because he's looking at his self. And by proxy, his maleness, through the lens of Frank, who is maybe the end result of where he goes, because he knows he's a rapist, so they have that commonality, and he has this epiphany, and he has this moment where he's like, maybe I am a bad person. Yeah. And I'll try... And I'm gonna gonna try to fix it. I'm gonna try to fix it. Mm -hmm. And now he's kind of like, I am going to be a Keith, and I'm gonna be the savior, and the knight in shining armor... And then mother bursts through the wall, and he literally runs over to get outside. <laughs> so now there's razor wire on the fence. He clan he can't climb over the, over the fence. Tess is, by the way, holding her gut wound, and he, she's like, "Wait for me. Where are you going?" And he's like, "See, you, beep beep. See sure. you later." He was like trying to catch up. Like, yeah. like, dude, you just shot me. Like, I can't. He runs <laughs> up to the top of a water tower. It's a choice. It's a choice. <laughs> it's certainly. I mean. Because they do seem to be in a confined and closed space in the churchyard, I guess it was your, it was a point of escape. But now they find themselves at the top of the water tower. Here yeah. comes Mother. Spoiler alert, Mother can climb stairs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have five at a time. <laughs> AJ makes the, the uh, impromptu decision that he's going to throw. He knows that, that Mother views um, Tess as Baba. As baby, they have so yeah, they have he, nowhere to go. He tosses her ass off the water tower. Such great camera work, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! You see the perspective of of Tess falling to the ground. Then you're seeing Tess's point of view as mother literally leaps off the the water tower, flying toward her to rescue her. Then of course you don't. Then you're at AJ's perspective. He hears the thud. He makes his way over to the edge and looks over. And there you see... Now, Tess is lying on top of Mother. And Mother's head, you think, has been just completely bashed open because there's tons of blood on the ground. It's, it's, it was concrete. It was like yep. straight concrete. Straight concrete. Yeah. He makes his way down. Tess is still alive. Goes over and he's rationalizing. I didn't have any choice. You could see. I yeah. had to, I had to but think But I'm going to save you quick. now. I'm going to get you to the hospital And he's right also now. putting words. He's like gaslighting her that it was the right thing to do. And he's kind of putting words in her mouth like, you get it. You get it. You understand. And of course, mother wakes up. I don't even know if she knows what he's saying. I, no. I, I think. No. <laughs> like, what is happening? Yeah. No. She's just regaining consciousness. But he's such that person <laughs> that he's got to like, he's got to come to his own defense immediately. Yeah. When like one eye is still rolled back in her head. 
Fuck you, Justin Long. You're so good at what you do, but I hated you so yeah, much. Yeah, no, AJ, AJ sucks. Now they, now Mother gets up and through his eye holes turns his inside head to an outside head. Basically, yeah. And again, the practical good. effects, super simple, good. super effective. Good scene. Oh boy. Mm -hmm. Now there's actually a pretty sympathetic and tender moment where Mother is cradling Tess Tess gets the gun and really puts Mother out of her misery. Pretty much, yeah. And and then she does even do like a kiss bye bye. Like, does kiss bye bye, and then that's it. And then and then we do see or you baby. know. I think she's his baby actually, but you know. for, for, way. for and sinners, I'm just gonna let you know. For a week straight after I initially saw this movie, <clears throat> I would torment my wife every five <laughs> seconds by going. Burr, burr. <laughs> My wife didn't even see this movie. She thought I was having a stroke. <laughs> she like, what the fuck like, what is wrong What are you saying? Because that's what we do. We, we torment the ones we love. We torment the ones we love. <laughs> so, just so that no one is concerned about Tess, we do see her limping towards the gas station. Mm -hmm. So, we're, we're left with a, with a sense of, all right, Tess just survived three of the most horrific weeks of her life but she's heading we know that she's heading to safety because she had been at the gas station earlier in the movie yeah. the cops are probably going to shoot her you know <laughs> oh my god like, <laughs> like the living dead style I made it <laughs> it's oh oh oh, oh. You, you hope not but <laughs> damn it I, this had um, uh, this immediately made me think of um, American War from London when the movie ended because it's one of my favorite endings okay it is uh, Tess uh, pulls the trigger we hear the gunshot and it's a smash cut to written and directed by Zach Krager on a black screen written in red mm -hmm. uh, even kind of like semi Stephen Kingy font which it, I, well, I love yeah too. it lets you know immediately okay this is pretty much this is this is where we're going to end the, the movie love it I, I, oh my yeah, god I love it a lot of people didn't like it oh I love it <laughs> I know I'm like I just I I I because I go back and try to think, I'm like, it, okay, they say, like, like literally using the terminology, it didn't stick the landing. I'm like, but what... That's where the movie ends. Mother is dead. Yeah. Rich, uh, Frank is dead. Um, the movie is over. I respect it because I get so annoyed now when movies go on 15 minutes more. And yeah, like the, there's, like, this whole epilogue that's not needed. To me, it was a... Everything concluded all together around this, this house... And it, it, it all came together in a way that made sense. Like, every character w was was meant to be there, and they all had a purpose, and y you understood why they're now in this circle. And yeah. It, every single one of our protagonists. I don't know. Keith is dead three weeks. AJ's now dead. Frank is dead. Mom's, uh, mother is dead. And Tess is now... We see post-credits that she is... Um, now limping her way toward the gas station. Mm -hmm. Everything's been resolved. There's no need for anything super superfluous from that moment on. It's yeah. done. It, yeah, exactly. And it's... that's why this movie is a tight hour and 45, and more movies need to be a tight hour and 45. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Hollywood, <laughs> with your fucking two hours and 45 minutes because I've got to see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which, you know what? I don't even know why I'm complaining about because I kind of liked it, but it was so fucking long. It was long, yeah. Oh. But whatever, I digress. <laughs> I know, I know. So anyway, guys, that's Barbarian for you. But really, so fun facts about the... Uh, well, huh. I don't even know if they're really fun facts, Damn really. Me. I know, but before we wrap it up, I just wanted to... Because I just thought it was so interesting, so... Oh, no, these guys aren't going anywhere. Talk as much as you How do you like being in a spider hole? You're yeah, our captain You now. love to hear us talk. Burr, so, burr. so there, because there's always some questions about, like, oh, what does Barbarian mean? Oh. Who, who is the Barbarian? What, you, you know? So... 
Zach Greger does confirm, I'm just going to spoil it really quickly. Zach Greger does confirm that he was writing it and, and he always knew it was on Barbary Street. Like, so that that's, how, that's just what he wrote. Okay. So he's like, I just need, he wanted to save. He's like, I got to the point where I needed to like turn it off for the night and, you know, whatever and, and go on, do something else and come back to it. And he's like, and I needed to save it. He's like, I just didn't want to save it as screen scripts point two or whatever. So, but Barbary Street, Barbarian kind of just came to him. So it, it was just kind of a placement, but there's a few people that <laughs> that reached out to him or just or made comments and the comments happened to come across his eyes. Um, because if you ever look at the house, so, cause I found this really interesting and Zach Greger found this very interesting as well okay. because he's like, I didn't, I didn't know this. So if you look at the house, it's 476, 476 Barbary, yeah. Bar- Barbary Street. Okay. In year 476, the Roman Empire fell to the barbarians. Oh, my God. Don't... <laughs> so someone's like, smart, real smart, smart, you know, like, this is what happened. And Zach, Zach Greger says he read that comment. He's like, is that true? I, <laughs> yeah, I just he picked... had, he, Three numbers. Yeah, he had to Google it. He's like, I had no idea. So, um, so he actually found that very interesting, especially because he was oblivious to it. And somebody else also mentioned, oh yeah, well that makes sense. Barbarian is like an acronym to Airbnb, and he was like, "Mm, nope, I didn't. I just felt like seeing this interview with but you. But that does work out. Airbnb are all the letters to barbarian. This, yeah, come on, this is getting weird now. Exactly, and that's what makes it. So there was there's an interview. Uh, if you if you know if again like you know where I got this information from. There's an interview. Well, not even an interview. It's a panel um, that they did for Collider magazine, and that's where I, I heard about this. And I couldn't help but hysterical laugh when Zach Greger was talking about it because he's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's weird. Though. It's very strange, right? Yeah, uh, I think it's so working on it. On if you guys, so I'm, well, I'm, I just wanted to bring that up because if you guys came across that and you're just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It apparently it has nothing to do with the idea of the title. I love it though. And I love I, it. I love it. I, I I found it hilarious, and uh, yeah, just the fact that he had no idea. All right, now. As I like to do mm-hmm. at the end of our movie, I like to do some connections. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I mean, the first and foremost for me was um, was Wreck and Wreck 2. Because um, you had... The mother reminded me very much of the, uh, the child from the end of Wreck and Wreck 2. The, um, you know, the creature. Very similar. So, I just love that. I was dining out on that. Just those, those similarities... Two completely different movies, by the way. Wreck and Wreck Two. If you haven't seen them, get on it. Honestly, like right now. Yes. <laughs> and watch them back to back. It'll be the best. It, they're like an hour and forty-five a piece. It's going to be the best time you've ever spent. <laughs> um. So I I had that, and I got uh, like some hills have eyes um, vibes just from the like kind of creature design as well. But that was kind of it. I mean, it was really, really Wreck and Wreck 2 were my, were my horror connections. As far as movies, and what I love about Barbarian the most is because I can't, I, for the life <clears throat> of me, cannot say, oh, this movie is so much like dot, dot, dot. It's such a unique little... It's- Gorgeous yeah. gem. I think it's a. I think it's a very unique film. From you know, I mean, granted, there's similarities maybe at certain parts, especially maybe with Mother. Um, 
but I don't know. Overall, I just loved it. 22 was... I just got curious after watching the movie because when I think of Barbarian, I think of Smile. Not because the movies are similar, but just that at that point in 22, they had come out fairly close to each other. Yeah. And I, I just, watched them fairly close to each other, too. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I connected the... Um, the, 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 the villain, if you will, I guess. I just remember being, at that moment in time, being just, like, super psyched and so happy. I'm like, man, there are two big screen horror movies that are doing really well, that are really well made, and people are into them, and I just love that. Like, mm -hmm. you I know. Agree. So, uh, let's just take a, we'll just take a look at, at some uh, 22 horror films. So, we had, it was a pretty good year. You had um, Smile, you had Barbarian, you had Nope, you had X and Pearl. Mm -hmm. um, there's <clears> a smaller movie, uh, oh, you had Prey. Prey, yes. Oh, Prey boy. was fantastic. Really like that movie. Mm -hmm. We'll do that. We'll definitely get to the Absolutely. whole Predator franchise. But let's just do a separate episode on Prey because oh, I love that movie. Uh, me too. There's a fun movie called Deadstream that's on Shutter. Uh, then you had movies like uh, I have not seen them. The Watcher, Bodies. Oh no, I did see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, <laughs> I saw the Black Phone, uh, phone, but I didn't see Bones and all. I definitely want to see that about cannibals. Timothy Chalamet is a cannibal. I'm here for that. Yeah. Um, uh, another movie that is on Hulu and on Shudder called Resurrection with uh, Rebecca Hall that I have not seen, but I hear nothing but good things about. Ooh, that's promising. Got to ch check that out. Then there was the reintroduction of Scream, which I think we'll technically call Scream 5. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's safe to say that. Yeah. VHS 99 came out. Uh, oh, a movie called Master, which was on Hulu, which, um, which I saw and I liked with... Uh, I think it's Regina Hall, is in that. Then on the foreign side, you had The Innocence, you had Solemn, you had Sissy, and you would Speak No Evil. 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 <laughs> speak No Evil. Sinners. <laughs> speak No Evil. Hey, you're guaranteed to hear me have a stroke at least one podcast. <laughs> so, good year for horror. Really happy with, with where 23 is right now. We're about to... Today is going to get even better because yeah. we're, we're going to go see Talk to Me and I have so real high hopes for it. Yeah. It got I'm a really, lot of great reviews. I'm really excited about it. All right. And that's you, Barbarian. You want to talk about what we're going to do next week? Well, being that you did bring it up, I'm actually really excited to look a deeper look into Smile. <gasps> Oh, snap. <laughs> right. So I'm really excited about that. I'm not. I don't even want to like say anything further because I'm just. I'm gonna probably unleash a lot of words. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. All right. Yeah. Already giddy. <laughs> All right, bacon family. Well done. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week. That's, Bye, sinners. That's a cut. <laughs>